John chapter 14, verse number 12, as I mentioned, I feel like I just need to talk to you a little bit. Maybe I can explain, uh, express what the scriptures are saying um, in, in a more clear fashion that will impact your life, um, I hope, in a different way this morning. John chapter 14, verse number 12. The word of the Lord says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me... The works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. It's very interesting there. That the Father may be glorified in the sun. Hmm. Interesting. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we depend on you. We cast all of our cares upon you at this moment, Lord. For God, we want for your will to be done in our life, that we do not walk out of this room this morning without your will being done. God, forgive us. For oftentimes you're reaching for us and we ignore you. Oftentimes you're reaching for us and we reject you. Oftentimes you're wanting to direct us and we go in the ways that we want to go. But Lord, for this next few moments, we humble ourselves under the authority and the mighty hand of God. Oh God, we open our heart to you. We, we pray that you would touch our hearing that we may hear clearly and hear what the Spirit is saying unto us. God, I pray that the power of God will come in and arrest us. The power of God will give us clarity and revelation today, Lord Jesus. Lord, will you touch me in a special way and allow me, Lord God, to minister the word of God according to your will and your purpose. Allow me to speak as your oracle. Allow the power of God to move and overshadow me, Lord God, that everything that transpired for the next few moments in this service will be all the power of God and the word of God. Have your way this morning, Lord. Bless your people today like they've never been blessed, Lord God, that they can leave this place and say, truly, we had experienced the presence of God. Truly, we had experienced the power from on high. Jesus, will you move? Jesus, will you hear our cry? Jesus, will you minister to us? Jesus, will you allow change? to take place deep down within us that we will never be the same that we will go on to oh God the things that you have in store for us we ask you these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ can everyone say amen amen you may be seated in the presence of the Lord I want to talk to you today on this topic greater works shall you do greater works shall you do tell your neighbor greater works shall you do so it doesn't matter what work they're doing right now greater works will they do you you may be doing some fantastic things right now you may be uh doing great things you know we don't all know what everyone is doing in their personal private life and you may be doing some great and, and, and awesome things, but I'm here to tell you this morning, greater than what you're doing will you do. 
If you will hear the word of the Lord this morning, you will walk out of here today saying, I will be doing greater things than I've ever done before. And I trust God for it. I will do greater things than I've ever done in my life. For us to get there today, I need to help you. And I pray that you will stick with me till we get to the point of you being greater than you've ever been. We're not believing like we used to believe. We're not believing like the word of God teaches us to believe. For you that have been converted, you that have been born again, the reason why you got to that place is because you believe. You, you didn't get to become a, a, a child of God. You, didn't, you, you weren't born again just because you didn't believe. You, you, you decided, I need to give my life to Christ because you heard something that caused you to believe. And that something that you heard caused you to say, my belief alone in my mind is not sufficient. I, I have to demonstrate in my actions that I really, truly believe what I just heard. And so we gave our life to Christ. We were born again of the water and of the spirit. We were, we, we, we were, we, we decided we're going to come to church and stick with God because we believed. We didn't do it. Because we didn't believe. We did it because we believed. We believed so strongly that when we came to church and we heard that, that, that message about salvation, that in order for one to enter into the kingdom of God, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. We decided, you know what? I can be born again of the water. I have control of that. And so I'm going to give, raise my hand and say, you know what? I want to be baptized in the precious and powerful and wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And you got baptized and all your sins were washed away. And God said, okay, you've started this journey of what we call conversion. And you got baptized in Jesus' name. But you knew that God had said in his word that we're not only to be baptized in water in his name, but we're also to be filled with his spirit. That's the born again, complete experience. Repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That's the complete born again experience. And for so many of us, when we decided to be born again, we got baptized, we repented, we got baptized, and we said, you know, God, I don't have the Spirit of God yet, and I need it, because your word said I'm supposed to have it. And so we come to church, because we know we want to receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We come to the altar when it's altar call, because we want to receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Why are we doing all of this? Because we believe. We believe. And so we do it. We believed so deeply that the people who we used to hang with realize, uh-oh, something is different about you. You're, you're not the same anymore. Oh, God help us this morning. How come we were so 
bold and courageous way back or even for some of us just a little while ago when we decided to give our life to Christ. We we didn't care what people thought when we got around them and they said, wow, you go to church now? Wow, you're changed. Wow, you're not the same. Wow, you don't curse. Wow, this is the way you're doing it. Wow, you go to church and all of these things and it didn't matter to us. We stood tall and said, yes, God has touched my life. Yes, God has changed me. Yes, I go to church I don't want to miss church. And we start to live our lives quite that way. And because of that, we started affecting the people we were connected to. Either they backed off because they didn't want what we had, or they respected because we had something different, or they just began to say, well, uh, maybe one day I'll come with you. But we we affected them because of what had happened to us. And we didn't cower down. We, We didn't act like... Well, you know, we weren't timid. We we weren't acting like, you know, uh, you know, we're the least of them and 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 they're the greatest of them. No, we we stood tall. We stood firm and said, "Yes, I go to church. Yes, I was baptized. Yes, I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, I talk with tongues. Yes, I believe in shouting and praising and running the aisle. Yes, I believe in giving of my money to God for the will of God to be done. Yes, I believe that." And we said those things and we did those things when we were first Yes, we did. But we rolled the clock forward, and now we're operating sophisticatedly. And that same kind of demonstration of our belief has waned. It's not the same. Yes. We believe so strongly that we didn't even care what other people thought. But some of you ladies, you started dressing differently and people says, oh, you don't do that anymore. You don't wear that anymore. You said, no. Man, that church didn't change you. What kind of church is that? All of that ain't necessary, is it? Oh, God, help us. We worry about that so much worry about that so much. We worry about people saying all of that ain't necessary. What's going to stir us again to start believing like we used to? What's going to move on us again? What, what's what's going what's, what's gonna to happen for us to believe like we used to believe where we don't care what people may say about us, where we don't care how we look, where we don't care that we don't do certain things anymore and we're proud of it and, and we feel good about it. Oh, I never forgot the first time when I started going to church and living for God, Bob. I never forgot the first time when I got into a roadblock. Cops blocked the road. Because they was checking for DUIs. It was my time I rolled up, he shined a light. Good evening, sir. Have you been drinking this evening? I smile and says, I don't drink, officer. Man, that was one of the proudest days in my life. One that I used to drink every day. One that just my aunt back in Jamaica, Aunt Phyllis, called me one time. She used to name me, in Jamaica we say, Bacle. Because every time she saw me, I had a bottle in my hand. That's how bad it was. So don't you tell me that I was just a casual, you know. No, no, no. Every time she saw me, I had something drinking. So she just named me Buckle. 
But my point is, when God touched my life and I stopped drinking, you think, you think I was shy and said I don't drink no more? Oh, you kidding me? Officer, I don't drink anymore. The question we got to ask ourselves is when we told our friends way back when or whenever we got converted that we don't drink anymore or that we don't smoke anymore or that we don't do certain things that we used to do, are we still saying it or we're just kind of dumb it down? We're trying to act like it's okay. You know, it's not that big of a deal now. Are we living like that? Because if we are, we have to ask ourselves the question, do we still believe like we once did? I want to believe like I once did. I don't want to try to believe differently or stop believing. As I thought about are we still believing like we once did, I started thinking, I said, maybe, Brother Kellerman, maybe us preachers aren't preaching like we once did to cause people to believe. Maybe maybe it's the preacher's fault. Maybe the preachers aren't preaching like they need to preach. Maybe 25 years, 30 years ago, the preachers were preaching differently and people were believing differently. I, I don't know. But I got to put it all on the table. I, I can't just look and say and people just not believe. Maybe it's the clergy. Maybe we're not putting it out there like we need to. Maybe we're trying to be too pretty, too eloquent. Maybe it's that. And people aren't believing like they used to believe. Jesus said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also. That's a big statement. The works that Jesus do, will you do also. When Jesus when the Bible recorded this, this is Jesus speaking, and he was speaking to his disciples at the time. And because we're not believing the way Jesus said believe, we're not doing the works Jesus said we would do, so we start saying, well, that was for back then. And the Bible says Jesus is immutable. He can't change even if he wanted to. He changed not. So if he wanted to, he couldn't. So what kind of God is it that was doing miracles from the Old Testament, parting the Red Sea, doing all that great grandioso powerful miracles and in the new testament we come over watch him do all these great things and then we say today in the 21st century but that was for when jesus walked the earth well what about when he didn't walk the earth elijah and elisha and all the prophets back then were doing great miracles so before he walked the earth he did great miracles and while he walked the earth he did great miracles and after he left and ascended he's still doing great miracles why are we going to make excuse for god and say maybe he just not doing it for this hour. No, we're just not believing like he say. We need to believe. And now we're looking for an excuse. And God is not the author of excuses. Yeah. 
And so you go to some churches and they tell you, well, that old infilling of the Holy Ghost stuff, that's not for now. Go to some churches and they tell you, well, raising the dead was for back then. Well, healing is for back then. You know, as a matter of fact, you want me to tell you a funny one. When we say healing, uh, it's, it's amazing that of all the miracles that is recorded in the Bible, even when we say that was for back then, we kind of still believe the healing one. You see how we do? Somehow that one, really, I need to hang on to that one because I need that one. Because sickness is real. And so I need to hold on to that healing one. Maybe that's the one that he's still doing. Here we go. So he's doing healing, but he's not raising the dead. Let's not confuse ourselves. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changed not. And whatever he says, so shall it be. And if he says you will do what I do, then we shall do what he says we will do. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. If he says it, he will perform it. Not because it's not happening in some of our locale because we're busy making money. There are some places we're just busy making money. And so we're not believing. But the places where they are not busy making money, they're believing. Their job don't have control over them, and so they're believing. They they don't have another alternative, so they're believing. When we read the Bible and it says believe, it means to have faith in Jesus. When we read the Bible where it says believe right here, it means to have a personal revelation and knowledge of who he is. When we say believe in, we means to entrust your spiritual well-being to him. You want to know what's a simple way we can understand trust? Kids do this all the time. They stand, daddy catch me. And they just lean back. And they don't flinch. Catch me, Daddy. Never think one minute about it. Why? Complete trust. I know I'm not falling. I know Daddy catching me. Daddy is telling us, won't you try? That's why he says, come unto me like little children. He wants us to be like little children when it's concerning him because we will have complete and utter and total trust in him. And we will just fall back and say, I know he's catching me. We're not going to try to edge our best. We're not going to try to, well, what if he, no, we don't have to do that. We just got to just trust him. Just fall back and know, I know my God. He is my father. He will catch me when I fall and I don't have to worry about it. He will not allow me to fall. And if something Something happens, guess what? He will just keep me. So when we say we believe, it must be total trust. Mm-hmm. 
another word for belief in that it must encompasses commitment. You can't believe and not commit. You can't believe and not commit. If you're going to fall and allow him to catch you, you have to commit to that fall. What we say when a, when a, when a man and a woman gets married, they are committed to one another. Let me ask the question. What if your spouse decides that they're so committed that they're going to come home three nights out of the week, but for the other four, they won't. But they're committed. What's your thoughts about that? Honey, I love you so much. I'm coming home three nights a week. What would you think, honey? What would you think, brother? Well, point your finger towards yourself and ask, how many times do you gather together with the people of God? How many times do you engage in the things of God? We've been talking about prayer a little bit um, on Thursday nights. And uh, something we made clear that we're attempting to do and trying to do is when we pray, if we set aside an hour to pray, we need to give Jesus more time to talk to us than the amount of time we talk to him if we're really going to start praying. So we said we're going to pray for an hour. Maybe we need to pray speaking to the Lord 20 minutes. Uh huh. Give him 30 minutes to talk to you. Or give him the whole 40 minutes. But pray 20 minutes and wait for him to speak to you. While you're waiting, that could just be I'm listening to worship music and I'm just sitting there. I'm not doing, I'm not playing with my phone while I'm listening to worship music. While I'm, while I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm meditating on him, uh, maybe he'll talk to me then. And so we, we, we say prayer needs to change. We, we need to spend time with him and wait for him to speak to us because prayer is dialogue, not monologue. Prayer is interaction. It's, it's communion. And so if we're going to really pray, we need to take the time out to give Jesus an opportunity to speak. Can you make it natural and say, man, can can you imagine you had a good friend, and probably some of you do because the Spirit just told me that. You might have a friend, and when they come around, all they do is talk about themselves, and you can't get a word in edgewise. You will never be able to say what you need to say, but they will say everything they want to say. That's what we're doing with Jesus. He can't get a word in edgewise. You just going to work. And God, uh, I need you to fix this. And God, uh, I need you to heal this. And God, I need you to deliver this. And God, I need you to open the door. And God, I need you to strengthen me. And God, I need you to help me to pray more. And God, I need you to, to teach me and guide me and order my steps. And God, uh, I need your power in my life. And God, uh, I need the will of God to be done. Oh, in Jesus' name. And we get up and start brushing our teeth. Taking our shower, we get up and the kids got to get up and we got to start making breakfast and we got to start working so we can get out of the house on time to get to work on time, get the kids off on time. Whatever we got to do, never gave him another thought. And we go through our day, well, I prayed. No, you told God what you wanted him to do and went about your business. Are you the God of the universe? 
or is the Lord Jesus Christ the God of all things? So you told him what you wanted to and you got up. And what we're, we've been saying on Thursday nights, we can't do that. that that's not going to work. It's not going to give us what we need. We got to pray and then sit still and wait to hear the voice of God. We got to pray and meditate on the Lord. We got to pray and worship the Lord. We got to pray and praise the Lord. Do you pray sometimes when you're done praying, a, a song just begin to come to your mind? And whether you can sing or not doesn't matter because it's just you and God. And you just begin, just begin to start singing. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that is within me. Bless your holy name. God, I don't always know know how to talk to you. I don't always know what to say, but Lord, my soul says yes. I will bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me, bless your holy name. Do we just stop after we are praying and begin to say, I love you, Lord, and I live my heart oh, to worship you and adore you. Do we stop and say, Hey, Lord, you are my God. Do we stop and say amazing grace, how sweet the sound? Or do we just tell God what we want to tell him and keep it moving? We're too busy for God. I challenge myself, and I'm challenging you this morning. I think busyness is a myth. I really do. I really do. I really do. And I'm still trying to work that one to prove that. I just think that a lot of information is, is, is available and always at the fingertip. And when we take the information in, it occupies brain power. That's just me. That's what I think. I don't think we're just more busier. I just, I just think that, 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 that information is there. And because we're consuming it, it causes our brain to not stay still. The more you consume, the more your brain will work. And I believe that's what busyness really is for us in this, in this 21st century. I don't think it's because we're doing this more we're doing that more i think we're just consuming more information and i think if we will turn the tv off i think if we'll shut the phone down we'll realize we're not that busy i do i think you'll find yourself having more time can i tell you the truth put myself out there like that I listen to talk radio sometimes while I'm at work and I'm at my desk working. And you know what I've discovered? That when I'm not listening to talk radio, I'm more focused and I get more done. I can't even explain it because I had the same amount of time. So I'm sitting at my desk and I'm working, but if I'm listening to talk radio, it seems like I'm not getting as much done like when I said, today I want it quiet. And usually on Thursdays, it's quiet in my office. No, 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 no noise. Because my brain gets locked in, and all I can think about is what the will of God is, especially on a Thursday. I do every other day, but Thursdays, I just, I'm in a different zone, and so no, I don't want no noise. And I really do feel like I get more done. So I, I, I think I'm on to something when I say to you, I think it's information 
that we're consuming that causes us to think that we're busy when we're really not busy. Your mind is just moving more. Your mind is just more occupied with more information. But I don't think you're busier than what we have been. What are we doing differently? Ask yourself, what am I doing differently? Because life is life. I got to eat. Got to sleep. Got to go to work, go to school. We're still doing those things. And even if we want to say for some of the children, oh, you know, um, they're giving us more work now. Yeah, but you, you, you can. Here we go. Some of you children don't know the days that we know of when you got certain assignments where you had to go to the library for hours. No Internet. I got to go to the library and I got to learn how to walk down the aisle and find out where my book is. Are you kidding me? I had to walk down the aisle. I can't find it. And you're walking throughout the library and they're telling, shh, can't talk. And you're trying to find a book. And sometimes two and three books because you got to do a book report. I thought that would be busier than just click, 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 click. We're all Google down. So you all want to say you got more work. Oh, the level of work is so okay. But it's easy to access. I'm just trying to make the point. I don't think we're busier. I don't think we're busier. I think we are just more preoccupied with more information that we can obtain. Look at all of our phones and look at all the apps and look at the news and all of the stuff. And that's what we're consuming and it makes our mind work a lot more than it was working 25 years ago. That's all I'm saying. And so we need to start going back to spending time with Christ when we pray. And that's why maybe we can say now the folks back then were more spiritual because they certainly weren't smarter. But they were more spiritual. We're more educated now, but the folks back then were more spiritual. The greatest ability that any person have in this world is availability. Your greatest talent, your greatest asset is not how smart you are or how much money you are. It's your availability. And a long time ago, those folks were available. They were available. We're not available now. And that's the difference. Why are they more spiritual than us? Why those old time mothers came into church and they say, you come here. Last night, you were doing something you had no business doing. You need to go pray right now before church starts. Go to the altar and pray. Why do you think they was able to do that? It wasn't because they saw you. Not in the natural anyway. They had time. And so they were praying. And so they were able to, to, to get some things from the spirit realm and able to come and talk to us and help us because they had time that they spent with God. We're not busier. We're just more occupied with information. So let's examine the statement Jesus made for which he said, the works that I do, will you do also? I love this because it's proven. In Acts chapter 3, verse 6 through 7, it's recorded where the lame man was healed. 
Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Jesus healed the lame guy. Remember the guy that was on the the cot. It was a cot, but they said bed. On a cot that they had to dig through the roof and lower him down. He couldn't walk. And Jesus healed him. Well, here we go right here. Peter saying, silver and gold have I none. So... We have recorded in the Bible, Jesus healed this lame man, regular old Peter healed the lame man. Peter is no different from you or me. He was just a regular guy, but he was living for God and he believed God. And so God used him and he healed this lame man. So the works that I do shall you do also. So here is the first thing I will bring to you to say we can't say that we can't do what Jesus said that we can do. If he said we can do it, then we can do it. Acts chapter 3, it says here, uh, but Peter said unto Ananias, why had Satan Fill thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep that part of the price of the land. While it remained, was it not in thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. So, we have it recorded here where Peter was able to tell Ananias and his wife that they lied. How would he know they lied? He don't know what they did. Well, the Holy Ghost revealed to him that they lied. That was Peter, regular guy. Guess what? When Jesus met the woman at the well, he told her stuff about her life that she could, she was like, how would you know that except for you be a prophet of God? The works that I do shall you do also. Again, let me repeat myself and say, you cannot say to me that the apostles are different from us. Hey, let me tell you, it doesn't have to be apostle. It doesn't have to be prophet. It doesn't have to be disciple. Jesus is no respecter of persons. And maybe we have titles on them and call them apostles. But I am here to tell you today, you might not have a title of this or that, but God knows your heart. And if you will submit to God and you will serve God like Peter served God, and you will serve God like Paul served God, and you will serve God like all the disciples served God, then you too will be able to speak by the Holy Ghost. Then you too will be able to say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. It's not just the apostles or disciples or prophets, but you too. God has chosen you. God has called you, and God don't change. No respect to a person. I don't care what you think about yourself. That's our problem. We've got low self-esteem when it comes down to God. I heard a preacher said one time, I'd rather pray for ten people and one get healed than pray for no people and no people get healed. We always warn about our image and our reputation. Man, I wish I can, 
I don't know. God can just do something for us to realize in Christ. That's where your reputation is in Christ is where your image is. You have, once you decide that I'm going to walk, I'm going to live for God. Forget it. Forget about what people think about you. Forget about that image and reputation you're trying to uphold. It doesn't matter if I stay who I am, that image and reputation that I will not be who Christ wants me to be. So you can guard your image all you want. You can guard your reputation all you want. You can say, I don't need nobody to see me this way or that way. But then you are living a life that was not ordained of God for you. You're living what you want. Listen, some of this stuff ain't rocket science. Because I can't make myself get rich. I can't get everything that I want. And so if I can't do all of those things, why am I going to try to protect and defend this reputation or this person, this image of who I am when I can't do everything I want to do anyway? I can't obtain everything I want to obtain anyway. Why would I worry about all that stuff when I can just be who God wants me to be and I will accomplish everything God says I'm supposed to accomplish if I am being who God wants me to be. If you will be who God wants you to be, you will accomplish everything. You will be the one speaking things into existence. You will be the one that God will use to do things and you'll say, my, my, my. Yes, because you have decided to be who God says you are, not who you're trying to be. Man, are we going to try to be what God wants us to be by believing him? Huh? We have some, we, we have it here, Peter, where, where Peter, Peter's shadow uh, healed people. He passed by and they just got healed. That's a man, not God. That's a man. Now, God used the man. We know it's God that does it, but that's the man. And if he did it, so can you. Then we have where Peter raised the dead girl to life. That's Acts chapter 9, verse 40. Then we have Paul declared blindness upon Elimus, the sorcerer. And it was so. Paul told a man, uh, um, um, a sorcerer, you you know what? Just, be, just called him to be blind. He just spoke blindness upon him. And he was blind. Then we had the impotent man made to walk at the words of Paul. Then we had where Paul commanded the evil spirit to come out of the girl. Huh. Then we had where Paul brought back to the life of the young man who fell out the window when Paul was preaching. I don't know if you remember that. Paul preaching up a storm. Dude fell out the window, broke his neck, died. Paul went down and just laid his hands. Dude, come back to life, went back up, doing the same thing. What am I trying to tell you? The works that Jesus did, we can do also. If somebody needs healing, you don't have to call for the pastor to pray for them to be healed. You get some oil and you, you anoint them and you ask for elders. Not elder in age, but people that are seasoned Christian. Come on, let's pray together. Come on, let's pray for this brother. Come on, let's pray for this sister. Why? Because the works that Jesus did, you can do also. You got to start believing these things. Remember, I started out by telling you about belief. And I believe that's where we're challenged. 
Because as I begin to talk about these things, you, you, you nod your head and says, yes, but I don't see in the spirit where you're ready to make the leap and says, I'm going, I'm doing it because I know I can. I believe that. And I know God has said that. Clearly, the miracles Jesus did uh, and, and, and the miracles the apostles did are the same. They are not greater, but the same. Furthermore, what miracles could be greater than all the miracles we just read? What miracles could be greater than dead people being raised to life? Lame people walking, sick being healed, demons being cast out. Any, any, any miracles you think could be greater than those? For me personally, I believe the greatest miracle ever known unto man is God Almighty becoming human and coming into this world and sacrificing his life. He came to this world legally, lawfully. He came into this world as a human and still being God and walked this earth and loved us and led us and chose his disciples and multiplied them. And then he gave his life, laid it down. Nobody took it from him. He laid down his life so we can be saved, so we can have the opportunity to have eternal life. And then he rose from the grave and ascended back to the throne and sat down like he did. That's the greatest miracle. But that's not what he's talking about. So what are these greater works that he's talking about? Because we have, we, we have agreed through the word of God that, that the works that Christ did, we can do also. We've agreed. Now, whether you attempt it or not, that's on you. It's, it's like I can preach all day today and say the only way we're getting to heaven is by repenting of our sins, being baptized in Jesus' name, of being filled by the gift of the Holy Spirit, and walking in God, and being obedient, and being holy and righteous. We do all of that, and we are on our way. And you say, I hear you, preacher. I just confess, and I believe, and that's all I'm doing. You can do whatever you want. I went to a funeral yesterday, and I heard some stuff. I told you a long time ago, we go to Ivy League. Can I tell you this? I was with my dad yesterday when we went to the funeral, and the preacher says, if you confess and you believe, you will be saved. And my dad said, what's up with that? I said, you know what? I used to have a big problem with that, but I don't anymore because that's the beginning point. I know apostolic people are uncomfortable hearing that, but I'm going to tell you that again. When people confess with their mouth and believe in their heart, that's the stage of the beginning to get to be born again. I don't know if that's how they explain it. That's probably not what they mean, but I'm telling you, I'm okay with it because you have to start from somewhere. And so maybe you went to a church that told you to confess and believe, and that's cool. But the thing I love about God is where he finds you, he will never leave you there. The thing I love about God is where you are in God, that's not where you're going to remain in God. And so if you believe and you confess, that's all good. But sooner or later, Jesus is going to get you into a place where you're going to hear the word of God come to you and says, if you repent and you're baptized in my name and be filled with my spirit, oh, that's how you enter the kingdom of God. You must be born again. So sooner or later, that will come to your hearing. 
So I was comfortable sitting in there hearing them saying, just confess and believe. Because you, you must believe. There's no way. If you don't believe, you will never follow the other actions needed. Can I tell you this? While I was in church yesterday, I don't know about you. Maybe this is a little bit of the street. I'm not saying I'm street. I'm just saying a little bit of street. I, you know, I got some affiliation with the street. I wasn't street, but I had some affiliation. And maybe that's where I got this whole, I got to be authentic, Bob. There's, there's just, I can't fake anything. I'm just not a faker. Either I just don't do it and just say, leave me alone. I'm not doing it. Or I do it right. It's no in between for me. There's no gray area for me. So either when I understand the truth, I'm going to embrace it and say it's the truth and do it. Or I'm just like, leave me alone. Let me do what I want. Yeah, even if I go to hell, just leave me alone. Because, because either way, I'm being true to myself. So if I'm living like I'm crazy and don't care about the word of God, I'm being true to myself that I'm going to hell. If I'm, if I'm, if I hear the truth about the word, then I'm going to live it so I can go to heaven. But there's no in between with all that stuff. Either I'm going to do it or I'm not. But we got too many people. I saw it yesterday. Because again of information, we've got the lingo down pat. So now you go in churches, man, my God, all I can do is look around. And everybody got a little bit of the lingo going on. Everybody got a little bit of how to act like they've been in church. Everybody got a little love. Oh, look at me. I'm saved. Everybody got to put it on. I watch the people that either sang or led services. They all know how to put it on when it's time to put it on. And everybody feels like, oh, I'm going to heaven. I wish, I wish we could stop deceiving ourselves like that. Just thinking that we can just live how we want and every once in a while we'll just go hear something and feel good and we're going to heaven. We know the right words to say, so I'm going to heaven. I believe, so I'm going to heaven. Only people that's going to hell is people that don't believe. Okay. The Bible says the devil believe and tremble. He ain't going to heaven. And so you can believe and still not do the works that it takes to go to heaven. But all I'm doing is pleading with you this afternoon to say, let's believe for real. Let's not fake this thing out and act like we're okay when we're not. Let's not go and just put put on. This is not a show. This is not a game. I, I, we can't act like we we got it together or this, this, you know we're fine and 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 all I got to do is go to church and we'll be all right. No, there's commitment. The great one of the best things about living for God it's about relationship. We want to make it into something else. And when you make it about relationship, you can't dance. You, you, you can't pretend that it's all good. Because here, here you, you know what I love? Oh, God, help me. I just want to talk to you. I just want to talk to you. I just want to talk to you. Here is something that happens in relationship. 
Now, God is God, and so he can correct those things. But, you know, with our fellow man, that's hard to correct. But here's what happened in relationship, Brother Wood. Let me come over here, maybe, because they might start throwing stuff at me, and you're you kind of tall, so, so I can duck down. But here, here's what goes on in relationship, Brother Wood. Sometimes one of the party thinks that the relation is great, and the other party is like, I'm miserable. And that's what we got going on with Jesus. Oh, I've got a relationship with him. Uh-huh, really? Really? You only really engaged three times out of the week? Mm, that's, 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 the, that's, the, that's the people that's really serious. Because the ones that ain't really serious, they engage with him once a week, Sunday morning. But I got a relationship with him. Don't tell me I ain't got a relationship with God. So somewhere along the line, you think your relationship with the Lord is great. And God is saying, really? We only have fellowship. And not every time you come. Because sometimes you come and you just watch. So we only have interactions once a week. And sometimes not even that because you don't always interact. But our relationship is great, huh? Don't deceive yourself, whether it's the natural relationship or the spiritual relationship. No, you can know when the relationship is not right. Stop being so self-centered that you think it's good and the other person is supposed to think it's good. And you're being self-centered. You know why? Because if you weren't self-centered, you would realize that it's not that good. Why? Because we always tell what we like. And so if you're doing what you want and the other person can't do what they want, oh, it's a great relationship, huh? Okay, great. Great. You get to do everything you want and the other person don't and they're happy. Stop deceiving yourself. When are you going to go to your spouse and say, Honey, what do you want to do today? Honey, what do you want? I want to make you happy today. This this day, I'm not worried about I just want to make you happy. What do you want to do? Practice on that so maybe you can get that thing right with Jesus. Because if we go through scripture, Jesus says, how can you say you love me whom you can't see and, 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 and hate your brother who you can see? What Jesus is trying to tell us, it's easier to love the thing you can see right before you than the thing you can't see. So stop lying about how much you and God is great because the person that you're supposed to be great with, you're not great with them and you can see them. So we got to back this thing up and stop lying about our relationship being good. My, my relationship in God is good. No, it's not good according to him. And that's what really matters because he has set the rules, the, the, the governing of how relationship work between us and him. He has set the standards of how it worked, not us. So maybe what you want to do is say, God. How am I doing? 
So I just, I just, I just got something for you. So now for y'all intelligent apostolic people, the next time somebody say, how's your relationship with God? Say to them, I'm going to check and get back to you. You don't have to lie and you don't have to feel uncomfortable. Say, you know what? Because Jesus is the one that determines how good it is. Let me go check with him and I will get back to you. And when you go and check with him and you don't hear nothing, just tell them, I haven't heard anything yet, but I'm working at it. I'm trying to help you, church. I can't even tell you how I feel. This morning, I'm trying to get myself together to minister to you. And I'm just feeling discouragement. And I'm feeling disappointment. I'm, I'm saying, God, how do I help them when I'm feeling all these things in myself and within myself? And how can I help? Because I just feel like you need more. <laughs> you have no idea how the God called man or woman that God has placed to help and lead his people. That when I want for you to have more and I want to help you more and sometimes I feel like there's nothing that I can do. Nothing. And you know what's the challenge? God knows what he can do. And so, so he is handling this thing because he's the almighty God, all powerful. So he knows what he can do, but I don't always know what God can do. I know he can, he's capable and able. I know he can do exceeding and abundant, but sometimes I look out and I'm like, God, can you really do something about that? That's hard. And so just thinking about you, thinking about so many people and trying to want to help and get us going in the right direction. Very difficult. Very difficult. I told you, I realized a while back why some preachers uh, start to manipulate people. I realize it. That will never come from me. I got to be true to myself. I got to be authentic. And manipulation is not being authentic. No. It's, it's trying to get people to do something in an inauthentic way. That's manipulation. And I can't be like that. I can't do that. And so I, all I can do is preach God's word and you decide however you want to consume it and what you want to do with it. But you won't hear me trying to manipulate you because it's inauthentic. And I know the only thing that can ever change me or you is the power of God and the word of God. And so the only thing I can ever do is just keep on preaching the word, keep on preaching the word, keep on preaching the word. The use, the, the use of the word greater is not referring to more works. It is not referring to greater than the best works or anything like that. The use of the word greater comes down to saying the works that you do will be more powerful than the works that Jesus did. I didn't say it. Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do. And so we already discussed the, the works that he did that we could, we're doing today. But he says, greater works than these shall you do. So now the question is, I know I'm not greater than God, but how can I do greater works than God? I'm about to help you this morning. During the days of Christ, no one entered the kingdom of God. 
Both Jesus and John the Baptist preached, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. They were preparing people to enter the kingdom, but no one had entered the kingdom of God. Uh-huh, you're quiet. John chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Nicodemus was in awe of the miracles. Verse number 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the works that I do, you shall do also. Is that what he said? Oh, no? No? That's not what it says? So Nicodemus was in awe of the miracles. And he approached Jesus because of the miracles. We never change. Can you do something for me, Lord? You can? Oh, okay, here I come. And so he went to Jesus about the miracles. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? I can say this without reading it, because this is one of my verses here. All five of them, six of them. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Man, I just so much stuff in there to unpack. Can I tell you, can I tell you this? So, all the while, Jesus was walking the earth. All the while, John the Baptist was walking the earth. Nobody entered the kingdom of God. Y'all don't understand it. Nobody entered the kingdom of God. You know, you want to know one of the reasons why? They could not. They couldn't even. It couldn't happen. Because the Holy Ghost couldn't come until Jesus. Y'all got to read your Bible. The Holy Ghost was not available until he ascended. And if you had to be born again of water and spirit, how could you have entered the kingdom? It wasn't possible. So, nobody was able to enter into the kingdom, Bob, before Jesus ascended into heaven. So, all the great miracles he did, guess what? Nobody entered the kingdom as great of miracles as he did, as much healing as he did, as much as he rose the dead, and he delivered them that was diseased, and those who were demon-possessed. He did all those miracles, but nobody entered the kingdom of God. Now, because I'm a Bible man, I'm going to tell you, there was one person that did enter. The rules were a little different for him. And that was the thief on the cross. Uh-huh. Because the thief on the cross, faith was operating in his life. Uh-huh. And guess what's another thing? When he was on the cross, that thief on the cross said, you know what? Told the other thief, yo, man, that's the Messiah you're talking crazy about. 
So the thief on the cross got an exception, an exemption, because he discovered who was on the cross. And so the Lord allowed him to be with him in paradise. But nobody entered the kingdom of God while Jesus preached and taught the word of God and did miracles. And so Nicodemus came to Jesus about miracles, church. We have to stop seeking the hand of God and start seeking the heart of God. We have to stop doing that. We do it all the time. What's the hand of God? Works that God can do for you. And so we seek the hand of God all the time. God, I need a healing. God, I need a financial blessing. God, I need this right. God, I need that right. We have to stop seeking the hand of God and start seeking the heart of God. And so here is where I'm taking you because I'm done. The hand of God are the miracles. The heart of God is leading somebody into the kingdom. The hand of God are miracles. The hand of God are the things that benefit us temporarily. But the heart of God is the things that will be eternal. And what is eternal? Leading somebody into the kingdom of God. Being a witness for God. That's why the Bible says, And ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. And so God has given us His Spirit so we can be witnesses for him uh, to lead somebody into the kingdom of God. Uh, because before uh, he ascended, uh, nobody was led into the kingdom of God. Uh, because the Spirit of God uh, was not available. And so after he ascended on high, uh, we began uh, to do what he commanded us to do. Uh, and to go ye in all the world uh, and preach the gospel. And now we're leading people into the kingdom. Uh, if you want to get the heart of God, uh, get involved uh, in leading somebody into the kingdom you want to experience the power of God get involved with leading somebody into the kingdom of God will you stand with me when the Bible says greater things than these shall you do what Jesus was saying you will lead people into the kingdom Because I didn't do that. As great as our God is, He didn't lead anybody in the kingdom. But you and I can be greater in leading people in the kingdom. So that's why today, I told you, entitled today's message, Greater works shall you do, greater than miracles. Well, we can can say it this way. The greatest miracle is somebody being led into the kingdom of God. If you want to say it that way, we can say it that way. But the bottom line is, if we're going to be greater, it means we're going to get involved with leading people into the kingdom of God. And if we don't, listen, we're so far off because we're not even being great. We're not even being great because being great is being used to to do the miraculous. Being great is being used to say, rise up and walk and somebody will raise up and walk. Being great is being able to tell you something that's going on in your life without me knowing. That's being great. And so we got to be great and then start being greater. (laughs) Church, 
This is why he says in verse 14, and whatsoever you ask in my name. You don't think it's, you don't think it's, 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 it's something to uh, look at. Um, that that particular text came after he says, greater work shall you do. He says, greater work shall you do. And then he says, whatever you ask in my name. Come on, people. Get, don't, don't get so far away caught up in your emotions and what you like. The reason why that, that, that whatever you ask in my name that came right after that text, because he's saying, you will do greater than I have done. And the reason why you're going to be able to do it is because whatever you ask in my name, whatever you want me to do concerning the kingdom. Oh, God. Whatever you desire concerning somebody life being changed. Whatever you desire in somebody repenting of their sins and saying I want to be saved. Whatever you desire, that will I do. And so if we will get involved in praying and saying, God, I want my brother saved. God, I want my sister saved. God, I want my children saved. If we would get involved in saying, I'm going to share the word of God. Oh, my God. I've told you before, God tells secrets to his friends. God tells secrets to his servants. Who first knew it was going to rain when the Lord said it was going to rain? God's servant Noah. And when he told the rest of the world, they thought he was an idiot because it never rained. But God tells secrets to his servants. And so if you want to know God's secret, this is why Peter was able to hear from the Holy Ghost and says, you're lying. This is why they were able to hear things from God because they were servants. We want to hear from God, but we don't want to serve him. Oh, God. We want to hear from God. We want to see the miraculous in God, but we don't want to serve him. We just want it for ourselves. Somebody, when are we going to let the word of God challenge us to the point where we changed? We change our life and we're never the same. Can we allow the word of God to challenge us today? Can we understand that we are we were we were created by God. We were born again to be greater than we've ever been in our life. Everything that you've ever done, God has designed you to be greater. Doesn't matter how great you could be. You could be elected the president of the United States or president of another country and Jesus says, "Oh, you can be greater than that." There's nothing greater than you leading someone into the kingdom of God. That's what we were designed to do. The work that Jesus came to this earth to do was to seek and to save the lost. And he equipped us so when he ascended, we could continue that work. And that's the greatest that we can ever do. And as long as we procrastinate, as long as we don't do that, we are not functioning at the capacity. We're not doing what God really had designed us to do. And that causes us to focus on things that are not important. Can I tell you, when I'm in pain, when I'm rejected, feeling rejected or whatever is going on in my life, 
because I know what God designed me to do that keeps me going. You ever hear people, when people are on their deathbed and they're experiencing sickness like they can die, if they don't have a reason to live, they usually die. You ever notice, you ready for this one? That people that go off to the service, they usually like to get married. Oh, you're quiet. Most people that go off to serve in the armed forces, they like to get married. And sometimes we say, they're young. Why are they getting married? And they leave family back here, you know, might get married, have a child, and they're over there. And you're looking at them, they're young. Why would they have a family? Shouldn't they just, like, go over there and fight on their own and not have a family? Think about it. They need something to come back to. And they need something to inspire them while they're fighting the war to protect this country. That's why they do it. If you don't have something to live for, you will die. The only thing that we have to live for is to be greater because that's what God designed us to be. We can't just exist and come to church greater. Today's Father's Day. Men, we were called to be greater, to do greater works. And so I want you to understand, I, I hope I took you through the scripture enough. I hope I took you through the word of God enough for you to understand what I'm saying and not think I'm just coming up with some stuff. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, your word is already spoken. Lord, I can only do what you allow me to do. I don't change heart. I don't change life. I don't change situations. But Lord, you can. And oh God, I now ask that you will work in my heart. And in the heart of every individual that is here this afternoon. That Lord, their life could be transformed. And Lord, they will believe like they once did or believe for the first time like they've never done. And go forth, Lord God, to do the work of God, to do the will of God. I pray today in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you will touch each and every one of us in a special way. And that, Lord, our life will never be the same. That wherever we go, we will look to do greater works, Lord God. Wherever we are, wherever we are, Lord, we will look to do greater works. And that, God, we will no longer be complacent and content, Lord God, doing nothing or just coming to church. But, God, that you will awaken something in us, that you will quicken us by your Spirit. And, Lord, we will go forth and do what you say we must do, greater works, greater works, greater works. Lord, I pray that you'll burden our heart Burn in our spirit, Lord God, the desire and passion, Lord God, to see somebody else other than ourselves be saved. I thank you today for your word. I thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to assemble here. And, oh God, for you working in our lives, Lord God, and not forsaking us. Now, Lord, I pray that as we go from this church service today, that, Lord, the power of God will continue to work mightily and miraculously in our lives life. Lord, I love you. We thank you today for
for your goodness, uh, your kindness, mercy, and love. Uh, Lord, I pray that this day uh, as we go forth uh, will be a blessed day. uh, And that, Lord, uh, we will rest easy in you. uh, But, Lord, we will be alert uh, and vigilant uh, and look, Lord God, uh, to lead somebody into the kingdom. uh, For that is the greater works uh, that we are called uh, and, oh, God, to do. uh, And so, Lord, I pray that you will hear our prayers today. uh, Will you work, oh, God, on our behalf to become uh, what you chose us to be. Lord, we love you and praise you and thank you. Lord, I pray that somebody's heart would have stirred today, uh, that if they have not given their life to you, uh, they will surrender and give their life to you. Uh, If there's anyone here today that has never surrendered to God uh, and say, I want to be born again uh, so the kingdom uh, could be my kingdom as well. Uh, If you're here, uh, I want you to come uh, and give your life to God today uh, because God uh, wants to save your soul. Uh, God wants you to be in the kingdom. Uh, God wants you uh, to be saved and to help others get saved. Uh, Lord, we thank you today. We praise you today for all these things we ask you in Jesus' name. Can somebody clap their hands unto the Lord? Come on, give them a shout of thanksgiving. Give them a shout of thanksgiving. Give them a shout of thanksgiving. Give them a shout. Hallelujah. Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you.